Every single one of us has a personal brand. You either own it or someone else owns it for you. Your personal brand influences whether someone works with you, hires you, and most importantly, trusts you. On this podcast, Owning Your Personal Brand, we explore stories, successes, and failures of personal brand journeys and share practical advice on how you can take steps to develop your brand. Whether you are a career professional, executive, athlete, student, or entrepreneur, make sure to take some notes. Now welcome your host of Owning Your Personal Brand, Amy Thompson. Hi everyone and welcome to Owning Your Personal Brand. I'm really excited for this week's show as we're going to talk about personal branding as it relates to a specific group. As I mentioned every week, everyone has a personal brand and it's really important that you own it and not let someone else own it. And each week I've been able to talk to people who are in different industries and have different perspectives. And so this week we're going to be talking specifically about black women and how personal branding can impact growth as a leader or growth as a business owner. And I'm really excited to have Kenya Odor here with me this week. Hi, Kenya. How are you? Hey there, Amy. Happy Friday. Yes, absolutely. And so, Kenya, if you can just take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience, just let them know a little bit about you. Absolutely. Welcome. So I um, have a background in human factor psychology, which is ex essentially experimental psychology and industrial engineering. Hmm. But I've spent my whole career as an applied psychologist in technology. So most of my career has involved partnering with teams to help them understand their user and to build the right products and services around their motivations, their expectations, that sort of thing. Got it. Now, can you put that in layman's terms? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I've worked in the field of user experience, which mm -hmm. many people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. I have been the user advocate in the room mm -hmm. who is responsible for making sure that we understand the needs, pain points, motivations of our user so that teams can build the right thing. And where you have sticking points in your products, how do you make them better? We, we have to inform those changes. Okay, perfect. That's good. And so what we're talking about today is something that has certainly impacted both of us, but a lot of women that we know, and it's it's the fact that typically, certainly not all cases, but typically black women are undervalued in the workplace. You know, we struggle with pay equity as entrepreneurs. We certainly struggle with access to capital, finding good mentors and things like that. And so those are all things that help you become a great leader. And one of the things I wanted to start with asking you is, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think there is such a, a struggle for black women in the workplace to be valued more? Mm. That's um, that's a good question. Uh, the struggle, at least for me. So if you go back to your at uh, you, my introduction and you're asked for me to simplify the terms around what <laughs> I do, I work with a lot of people who don't look like me. Mm -hmm. So the field that I'm in is primarily male driven or male dominated, um, primarily white men. So mm -hmm. if I don't look like my counterparts, in some cases, it's harder to connect on a professional and social level. And I think in that case where many of us are in fields where we might be the minority, um, it makes it more difficult for others to see the value that we bring. Um, and it's not always an intentional thing. So it's not in any way to say that the, the individuals that I worked with weren't trying to elevate or partner and that kind of thing. But I think that we tend to 
gravitate towards those who are like ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so being able to relate to some of those uh, coaches, mentors, individuals in the throughout my career that could help elevate and, and help me shine as a leader, um, it could be more difficult. Mm -hmm. How do you tackle that then? And, and we're going to talk about the intentional piece in a moment because I like that you brought that up. But how do you tackle that? How do you go about finding mentors and, and people, even if it's not within your company or within your team, that can support you and help you grow as a leader? Hmm. Um, I don't know where in my career, but early on at some point, I recognized how important it is to uh, network mm -hmm. and to be proactive around introducing yourself, getting to know people, getting to know what people do. Um, and I think that's carried on throughout my career and helped me to seek out mentors and advocates and that sort of thing. Um, part of it is a proactive effort. Mm -hmm. A big part of it is you making the concerted effort to put together a strategy for yourself around um, what do you need mentors or coaches for, first of all? So what aspects of your career? Is it the specific craft that you, you perform or the job that you do where you need people to help you become more of an expert in that case? Or is it as a thought leader in your space? Do you need um, mentorship or direction around um, that aspect or growing your career? Maybe you want to climb the ranks and become more of a leader within your organization um, and you have to seek out those people that emulate. That's something I learned um, at some point in my career as well, is, is seeking out mentors for the sake of mentors um, or having mentors is not always useful. Sometimes I connected with mentors who in our mentoring conversations, I realized, and in my, our leadership conversations, I realized they don't emulate what I want to, or they don't present themselves in a way that I want to. And so I recognize that don't just try to connect with people just for the sake of connecting. Mm -hmm. Look for those people that you admire, um, whether it's in your craft or their leadership capabilities. Look for those people that that reflect what you want to, to bring to the table. Yeah, that's good advice. And I think what you said earlier about it not being intentional that people are undervaluing certain employees, I think that's really important. And then paired with what you said about being proactive. Because I think a lot of times, especially early in our careers, we can assume that people are just going to be like, hey, come along or, hey, do this. And you really do have to be proactive as an employee, no matter, you know, really what your age or what your position mm -hmm. is. So I wonder, how do you feel like personal branding for Black women can really help them overcome some of that, um, I guess, appearance of being undervalued in the workplace? Yeah, yeah. So um I had uh, an opportunity to speak to a, a, a group of young women recently mm -hmm. and women of all colors. Um, and the first thing I think it starts with is recognizing your gift and your talents as a woman. Mm -hmm. um, what are the strengths you bring to the table as a woman in terms of objectivity, collaboration, um, looking for the common goal or, or, or looking to help the common um, goal as a team and what you can bring to that. I think that starts with that. And then as a black woman, what I've recognized over the years is my contribution, when I'm the only one in the room, my contribution is unique. Mm -hmm. And it's balancing, uh, finding those ways to not feel like you represent the entire community, mm -hmm. but that you elevate your unique voice. 
and your unique perspective. So it's all about making sure that you leverage those capabilities you have as a woman, mm -hmm. but then also looking at how do you turn the tables on that um, unique voice and make it something that you elevate, especially in a, in a, um, a room of people who look very different than you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it's such a great point because there's a lot of self-reflection that's involved mm -hmm. in personal branding, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people think about branding, they think about social, they think about writing and all those tactical things. And I'm such a big believer that it really starts a little bit deeper than that. You need to understand how you're different and how you're unique, not just how you look, but what are those characteristics? What are those skills that only you can bring to the table so that even like you said, if you're in a room where nobody else looks like you, okay, right. that's one difference. But what are some of the other differences that you bring your perspective, your experiences, et cetera, to the table? And so I think part of developing your personal brand is really <laughs> having a talk with yourself and figuring out like what makes you different and what does make you unique right. and special. And so I really, I really love that um, because that can go a long way in you not just looking at your being the only woman or the only black woman in the room as the only thing that makes you different. There are so many other things that are going to make us unique. So I, I love that. So let's talk about you for a moment. Tell us some of the things that you've done in the past 12 months as you started to focus more on your branding and what are some of the results that you've seen? Hmm. So um, I typically like to stay in the background. Mm -hmm. I am someone who likes to orchestrate from behind, kind of help others shine and um, lead, for, lead from the back. Mm -hmm. um, over the last 12 months, I've had to stretch myself to be more intentional about leading out in front. Mm -hmm. So setting the tone for how to represent ourselves as black women, it, it starts for me, it starts with how I represent myself. Mm -hmm. So that means putting myself out there on social media more than I had historically. Being more comfortable with sharing personal mm -hmm. um, information so that um, you can get to know me as a person as well as a professional. Um, historically in my career, and, and I think a, what a lot of us were trained, especially with family members and loved ones who have had careers in industry, you know, you're supposed to present yourself in a professional way, you look polished, you say the right things. And so coming with that context, I had to learn about being more authentic, mm. um, feeling comfortable with, you know, not everyone is going to resonate with my story or want to hear my story, but that's okay. I've got to share something about myself so that people can connect with me outside of my discipline or mm -hmm. what I bring to the team. Um, so over the last 12 months, I've done a lot in terms of writing, um, speaking, um, finding ways to weave my personal story into those opportunities. So looking at those examples of my own experiences and bringing those to those conversations. Yeah, I think, I mean, you touched on a few really great things and I think that I don't know if it's the majority, but I feel the same way. I've always been more comfortable letting other people shine. And as long as I feel like I did a great job or I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, I didn't need to be out front, but I run a business. And so I have to, right? And even if you don't run a business, if you're a corporate employee, if people can't see you or people don't get to know you, I mean, at the end of the day, this shouldn't be like this, but people promote people that they like and that That's they right. know. And so you kind of limit yourself a little bit if you don't 
put yourself out there, not to be, you know, not who you are, but mm-hmm. more showcasing who you are. And I think I've also worked on it with, you know, this show and with doing things like this, where it's like three years ago, I would have never thought in a million years I'd be doing some of these things, but it helps with confidence. It also helps my business. And I think as a, as a younger employee, if I had done that more, mm-hmm. I would have probably grown a lot faster because it, it, it is about stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit, not really for them, but for you. And mm-hmm. so you can really just promote all of the great things that you do. So I think that's really important. The authenticity, I'm a huge fan of that. And then I'm still working on the sharing personal stories and things like that. That is is hard, you know, and I don't know if it just comes from how you're raised. So I'm not really sure where it comes from, but that for me is probably the hardest one because I usually keep that so separate from, mm-hmm. from work. And so one other thing I'm gonna ask you, you mentioned this early on talking about kind of being the only one in the room. What other pieces of advice would you give mm-hmm. people on how to how to embrace that and still thrive in it and not use that or look at it as such a negative, mm-hmm. but really look at it of how can you take advantage? How can you thrive being that only person? in the mm-hmm. um, I think thriving and you said it earlier, you've got to do a lot in the way of introspection. Mm-hmm and recognizing that you won't always have the right answer. Mm -hmm. You may not always say things in the right way, Mm -hmm. but it's constantly ensuring that you express and articulate your voice Mm -hmm. um, in a way that you can be effective around whatever it is that you are a part of or what you're doing. Um, It's also recognizing, as, as we were talking, I was just thinking about Um, In the past, in my life, I've had experiences that are so unrelated to my career, like being a part of contests or in organizational kind of programs where in the end, I didn't win the award. So I was in a pageant in college. I didn't win the pageant, but I won Miss Congeniality. Hmm. And I've been in several situations where I've won the Miss Congeniality or Equivalent (laughs) Award. And I've always said, well, darn, I didn't sign up for that. I wanted to win whatever it was. But I recognized at some point in my life that that Miss Congeniality um, title, there's a lot that comes with it Mm -hmm. in terms of how you interact with other people, what you bring in terms of positivity, you know, that sort of thing. And I've had to look at that as something in my personal life that I carry into my professional life. Mm. And I try to do that with authenticity. So I recognize that you've got to be able to look at those things about yourself that may have nothing to do with the actual work you, the tactical work you perform, but your personality. If you're someone that can get people excited about something, channel that energy into getting the team, even if you're not the manager or the leader. Get others excited. And when leaders see you doing that, they'll recognize, hey, this person has some of that capability that we need to get the team excited and, and to basically get them to produce mm-hmm. or do better in their role. A lot of times I think we forget that we don't have to be, especially when we're the only one in the room, we don't have to be the expert, mm-hmm. but we want to convey those characteristics that demonstrate motivation, drive, um, interest, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, because those things can take you very far, even if you don't know all the answers. Mm-hmm. So, I love that because one of the things that people might get stuck on is is focusing solely on the role they're in or the 
skill sets. And what you said was like taking those things from your personal life, mm -hmm. because that becomes, that's more about character and who you are and, and your values and things like that, which goes back to the self-reflection and the introspection, all of that. So it's all tied together. But those are the type of things when you're really confident in those skills, you can take those into any job. Okay. So it's not specific to one career or one time in your life, but you continue to understand what those things are and then build on them. And that that authenticity is so important because yeah, it's not always about being right or wrong, but it's just about being you. And people, some people, like you said, they won't resonate with you, but the ones who do, it's it's much better for them to resonate with you if you're being truthful versus you're trying yeah. to be like someone else. And so I think all of those are really, really excellent points. And you know, the interesting thing for me about this topic is that sometimes these things don't seem like they are related to branding, but I really feel mm -hmm. like it is. And again, I tried my best not to solely focus on those tactical things. I think that's where most people come from. But it's like, who really cares what you put on LinkedIn if, like you said, you're not comfortable talking about yourself or bringing in personal stories. And once you do that, you've probably seen that people respond in a different way because mm -hmm. they can relate to you mm -hmm. or they can learn from those experiences you've had. And what what we're doing here and, and what we're doing on some other projects is trying to give people something to see, something that they can emulate mm -hmm. um, in case they haven't seen them before. So I appreciate that. Um, let me ask one last question before we, mm -hmm. before we wrap up. If you kind of think about what you've done in the past 12 months regarding just uh, the personal branding for yourself, where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? Mm -hmm. like, what do you hope to accomplish for yourself as it relates to your personal brand? Uh, I really hope to put myself out there more in terms of um, speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. So now that things are opening back up with mm -hmm. um, in-person events and uh, networking and that sort of thing, um, I got comfortable at home, like many of us. Um, I, I was I, I consider myself an extroverted introvert in some mm -hmm. cases, so it was comfortable to to talk and interact mm -hmm. across the computer. But it's putting myself out there more in a face to face sort of way, like I did years ago, and getting back to that. Um, I also think that, and and you touched upon it previously. I also think that culturally. Um, we as black people tend to consider or look at networking and branding ourselves as something that you do if you are an entrepreneur, but you've got to think about the entrepreneur, especially if you're inside of a company and how that branding is something that persists with you in that organization, but also if you decide to move on. Right. You need that branding to, to tell your story so that the next opportunity um, whoever makes makes that decision can see who you really are. So um, I have to constantly keep that in mind um, because I didn't go into business to to focus on telling my story and sharing, you know, sharing and and that sort of thing. I went into business to do the work that I do, like I introduced in the beginning. But I've got to remember that clients and partners want to know who am I working with. You know, what is your character? Um, do you really um, embrace and, and value the work and opportunities that we bring? And do you enjoy what you're doing? Mm -hmm. So that, that, that all aligns with me having to put myself out there more mm -hmm. to build that brand. 
Good. Well, Kenya, thank you so much for your insight and sharing some of your experiences. Tell people where they can find you. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, please follow me. And um, if you have any questions or comments for me or topics in the area of human-centered, user-centered design, I love to talk <laughs> about that. So um, I look forward to hearing from you. Good. And I encourage people to do that. We, we often, uh, we might go to conferences and hear speakers say, hey, connect with me. And most people don't. And so I definitely encourage if you have a question, I would say nine times out of 10, the person will answer it. The person will chat with you, but you do have to be proactive and take that step um, just to reach out. And so thank you again for being here. Uh, I want to let people know that you can catch all of our past episodes on owningyourpersonalbrand.com. You can join us each week for a live show. And please remember that everyone has a personal brand. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or not, everyone has one. And it's really, really important for you to own it and not let other people dictate kind of what that, what that representation is of you, whether it's online or offline. And so make an effort, be proactive and own your own personal brand. And I thank you so much for joining us today and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Owning Your Personal Brand. If you found information from this episode helpful, please share it with others that you know. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a review and join us again next week. Owning Your Personal Brand is produced by the team at Creative Allies, a digital marketing firm based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Until next time, thanks again for listening.